What's going on, coaches? Hopefully everybody's having a great uh, winter break. Hopefully you're on winter break by now. Um, enjoying that. Uh, got all your Christmas presents bought. Uh, if you've got a really, really cool wife or really, really cool kids, head over to the RTP store and get them some Run the Power gear. Um, they would love to have it, and and um, we would love for them to have it as well, obviously. So uh, you guys head on over there if you need anything. We will still be bringing you guys podcasts, and we are now recording new for the new season. We're excited. Uh, as soon as January hits, we'll get back to going uh, two every week. So we can't wait. Make sure you guys check out our, our sponsors and, and anything else you need at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our guys over at Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product, as you guys know, and it's been a game changer for us. We love the playbook tools allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes. Uh, obviously, you guys know plays like power, counter, inside zone, pin and pull, and even some wide zone for us this year. Uh, and formation, so we can save time and be more productive, which is what it's all about, especially in the offseason. Uh, they have a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended but won't last forever. Um, so get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait. Go do it today. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our good friends over at Team Builder. Uh, make sure you guys go over to Team Builder. Uh, they have been awesome to us, have been with us for uh, a long time. Make sure you go check them out. Uh, they're again offering coaches a free in-season football strength program. As you guys recall, New England Patriots squatted up to 90% of their one rep max deep into the playoffs. If your in-season strength conditioning philosophy is just to maintain, then you guys are doing it wrong. Uh, you can get the program once you start a 14-day trial with Team Builder. Uh, here soon, just like last year, uh, they will, I'm sure, will be coming out also uh, with an off-season strength and training program. Uh, this is great for you guys that um, are extremely busy, you don't have a dedicated strength conditioning coach, and you want what's best for your players, uh, then it's with Team Builder. Just reach out, tell them that you heard from Rowdy and the RTP podcast, or use the code RTP when you guys sign up for your free trial at teambuilder.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Kobe O'Hara. Coach O'Hara is the offensive line coach and run game coordinator at St. Thomas High School in Houston, Texas. Listen as we talk with Coach O'Hara about his fascinating story and coaching career in addition to all things offensive line. You can follow Coach O'Hara on Twitter at Coach Kobe O'Hara. Hope you guys enjoy. I probably might have the most roundabout route of all the guests that I've heard. I've heard a lot of your episodes, so I, I might be challenging some of these guys. But uh, um, I, uh, um, I guess I, I was talking to my, one of my uh, uh, college roommates uh, this weekend. I told him, I said, you know, I guess I can tell these old boys that I've coached at all levels because uh, I guess technically I have. Um, but I'll, I'll start kind of at the at the beginning. Um, dad my dad was a, a, a college coach um, high school coach initially when when I was uh, kind of coming up he uh, I told you we test your Oklahoma knowledge so he, he was uh, he was kind of a, a big deal in his hometown out in kind of western Oklahoma called Elk City um, right there on highway 66 and um, uh, dad got the chance to go to OU and uh, started off his playing days there and then you know, finished him off um, at, at another school, but, uh, you know, he, he loved the game. It was that was determined to be the first one off the farm and, you know, took a coaching job in the uh, booming metropolis of Mangum, Oklahoma. Um, and then I think he had to stop at Altus and then over to uh, Amarillo, which is where I was born. And then dad, you know, moved over to Midland Lee and was part of the initial Friday night lights, um, uh, rivalry out there with Permian. So, um, and I was born in Amarillo and I remember one of my first memories was, uh, growing up, I was on the back of an old, you know, rickety, uh, one of those steel swing sets. 
that uh, I'm showing my age here. So you, you, you boys probably know these nice wooden ones everybody gets nowadays. Um, but I, I grew up with the with those old nasty iron steel ones that you'd need a tetanus shot on um, after you were done playing. So uh, I remember I could look, I could get up on the top of that swing, on the top of the slide, and look over the fence and yell at my dad uh, as he was practicing uh, with the, the Midland League players and tell him to come home. It was time for dinner. Um, so that, that's one of my one of my first memories, and then uh, we, we headed off to Baylor. Um, Dad was a coach there for a long time, and I got the chance, guys. I tell you what, um, there was nothing better than growing up in Waco, Texas, and having Dad coach at Baylor. That was just the best thing for me. Um, I got the chance to be a you know a water boy and a and a ball boy and you know, hey, man, get the heck out of the way, you know, kind of boy. I was everywhere. So um, I had the, just a great time to, to be with dad and, you know, go up there and I'd go to the camps with him. And, um, you know, I just grew up seeing all these guys is what, uh, you know, I guess my friends were always kind of in awe. But I'm like, no, nah, that's, you know, that's just Keith or that's just Mike or whoever. And these were these were big time college football players, you know, and they're just like, they're just dudes to me, you know? So uh, it was great. Uh, Grant Taft was the head coach and there was a bunch of great coaches on, on those staffs. And um, it was really amazing to be around uh, guys that you could see how much they cared for those players. You know, they were, they, you know, back then a college coach was not in it for anything other than the love of coaching football and helping young men. There just was not a ton of money in it, you know? So um, and that's exactly what, you know, what dad was in it for. So I got the chance to, um, uh, help him, uh, as I called myself his helper, but, um, I got the chance to, you know, load up the old film reels, you know, the real to real machines and load them through all the loops and everything. And, uh, he would sit there and, uh, watch film with me and try to explain, you know, to, a eight or nine year old what was going on and I'd get pretty frustrated after 20 30 minutes and, and leave because I was tired of watching the same play for <laughs> for 30 that's, minutes but. that's right when when the coaches rewind it 20 times and you're eight years old it doesn't make any sense to you I was like hey we've seen this we've seen this part can we see what happens after he gets the ball that's right <laughs> you know so uh but man it was it was great because you just you know um, and I, and of course it's a lot easier now with huddle and everything but um, you know, he would sit back there and just watch this film over and over and over again and take notes. And you just learn at an early age, you know, seeing that the kind of dedication um, and the discipline that it takes to be a successful coach at any level. It just it is not an easy thing to do. Um, you know, and dad did a good job of, of being a great dad and a great coach and, um, um, and a good just a good role model. And he got his chance to go be the head coach at Southwest Texas, which is now Texas State. And um, so we moved down there and um, that was uh, kind of where, you know, things just took off for him. And, you know, we, he became the head coach there and uh, did well. And, um, you know, my, uh, my opportunities for, for playing kind of got shortchanged there uh, with some pretty, pretty severe injuries, but it was okay because it gave me the chance to spend time with, with dad and his staff and really start to learn the ins and outs of the game, you know? Um, and it, and it was, it was fantastic. You know, you, you, it was, it was tough. I think as, as you know, uh, coach, you know, sometimes when you're growing up the son of a coach, you're, you're also the, the uh, sticking point for some of the, when things go bad, um, you know, uh, adults and kids don't always think about the fact that that's your your family and that's your dad, you know. And they you get some of those you get some of those comments, and um, you got to learn to have pretty thick skin, you know, early on. And uh, dad was always really really kind about that, and wouldn't get too upset with me when I come home with a black eye or or we get in trouble from getting in a fight with somebody that you know I didn't appreciate his I didn't appreciate his breakdown of the play calling. <laughs> no. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, anyway, so then, um, you know, my, my love affair with, uh, with kickers began um, early on, you know, I think is, uh, you know, uh, and I say that tongue in cheek, um, when, um, when we were at uh, Texas State, 
uh, we were in dad's final season there and he, he needed to, he needed to win. It was, you know, pretty clear, you know, they had, you know, he, he knew what he needed to do and boy, the kids and the team were fighting hard to make it all happen. And, uh, you know, this is a, a home game for us. And, um, I think it was against Lamar. Um, but, uh, we had stopped them and caused a turnover and we're driving down to, um, uh, to, you know, I think we were down, we were down one. Um, so just any score, you know, puts us ahead. And, you know, I think we all kind of felt that, Hey, this is going to happen. We're going to go on and, and, uh, we're going to win the, the Lone Star Conference and, you know, that we're going to get the playoffs. This is what we've all been, been, you know, working for. And, uh, um, we get down there, we had an all conference kicker and, um, we set him up just perfect what you need, you know, what you'd want, you know, it was basically an extra point. And boy, I tell you what, he, he put it about 30 yards to the left, put it in the shot put pit um, over there on the, <laughs> on the side of the, of the stadium. And, uh, you know, we lost and, um, you know, I, I never forget dad. The first thing he did is go out and find that kid and hug him. Um, you know, and, you know, we talked about it afterwards. He's like, you know what, Kobe goes, you just got to look at things and understand that, um, you know, God has a plan for us and, it's not always something that we know exactly where we're supposed to be or what we're supposed to be doing, but we just got to keep getting up every day and fight and do the best we can. Um, and boy, I tell you that stuck with me. It's always been something that's that I've tried to hold on to um, as I'm coaching and going through life and stuff, because uh, you know, there are some, there are some trials and tribulations out there for you, you know, that are coming. So it's, it's a good thing to be able to pull on, especially sports and, you know, these, you know, these young men learning how to get, knocked down and get back up, you know, um, and the fact that we get a chance to teach them how to do that through this game is just, I think it's just a, a blessing for anybody that gets the, gets the opportunity to blow a whistle. Um, so um, anyway, so the, uh, after that season, um, dad ended up at Iowa and um, at the end of my career and, and uh, years up there as a senior, um, I was going to get the chance to be his GA. And, uh, well, you talk about just a, a fantastic program and a bunch of great people up there with Coach Fry and those and, the, and those staffs. Uh, it was just an unreal environment. And uh, after that senior year, um, you know, we were ten and one and ended up in the Holiday Bowl. And uh, you know, Dad had a an opportunity that he you know an opportunity to go to another school and coach, but he had just really you know, signed a huge recruiting class and a bunch of those kids. Um, he was really high on and several of those guys ended up in the league for a long time and he was torn on what to do. Um, and he and I had talked and I told him, I said, well, I'm, I'm going with you wherever. <laughs> it doesn't matter where Iowa or, or, you know, I don't care dad. I'm, I'm in. And, you know, so he was, he was really torn and trying to make a decision on what he was going to do. And, um, at the age of 48, he had a massive heart attack and died. Um, and um, I remember getting that phone call, and and I tell you, it's one of those times, guys, that you it's a real gut check because at the age of 22, when you think you have a pretty clear path on where you want to go in life, mm -hmm. and it is just taken away in an instant, you know. Um, and then I had the the uh, I had to go tell my sister about everything, you know, and that was that was the hardest thing I'd ever had to do in my life. Um, and I tell you, if I had never played football and if I had never been an athlete and, you know, gotten knocked in my butt and had to get up over and over again, I'm not a hundred percent certain I could have gotten off that sofa and gone ahead and, you know, gone and done what I had to do. Um, so, uh, coach Fry and his staff were super great to me. Um, they offered me that GA position and were going to allow me to stay on and, and boy, I tell you, Coach, uh, there's a lot of times I wish I, I, <laughs> I wish I had, because <laughs> that would be a lot different story in my life. But you know that that's that's why I'm here. Um, so uh, I just thought it'd be too hard, you know, to, to still be around that that environment. And it was absolutely the wrong decision for me to make. But, you know, I was 22, had lost my dad and best friend and coach and mentor all in one fell swoop and. Um, I tell you, those, that, that staff, those GAs um, on, that, on that staff, I think, ended up being Mark Stoops. Mike Stoops was part of that group. 
Bo Pelini was there, and I think uh, Bielema was going to be a senior. He's one of my buddies up there. Uh, Coach Devlin, who's now at the at the at the uh, Texans here. So you know, there was a lot of there's a lot of coaching knowledge and football uh, football skill and coach knowledge that came out of that group. And there's a lot of days I think, man, what what would happen if I had stuck with it and been a GA and gone through that and you know taken that opportunity. Um, and then I look at my kids and I look at the kids that I've been able to impact and go, well, you know, I wouldn't have been a part of their lives. Um, and so it's, it's pretty easy to, to stop feeling sorry for myself and to be, to see the blessings that have been put in front of me, uh, because you just kept, you know, just kept getting up each day and moving forward. So coach, I, I took a different route. Um, I left, um, and, um, football put it behind me. And I went into the business world. I worked for the San Antonio Spurs for about three and a half years. Um, and that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, began, a, you know, my personal life and, you know, met my, my wife and started working my way up the ladder. And uh, before you know it, uh, you know, you're, golly, six, seven years down the, down the road and you don't even realize, you know, that it has gone that fast. Um, and I remember I got my, my first opportunity to coach. Um, you know, I'd kind of gone through the, a very long grief cycle, but, it, you know, kind of come out of it. And we were living in Frisco, Texas, and I was coming home from work, and I saw a sign on the side of the road that said, youth football coaches need it. Um, and I will tell you, for anybody that has never done it, if you're thinking about it, you should absolutely <laughs> coach youth, youth football for a while. Because, boy, if, if you can deal with those parents, and if you can deal with, uh, you know, uh, the kids at that level, then you, you, you might have an opportunity to be a pretty good football coach because <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a hard thing to do. But um, I, I loved it. I, I got uh, – I talked to the head of that program, and uh, the first thing I did is I went to the sporting goods store and bought every pair of those old bike coaching shorts that they used to make. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, get, did you get long socks with them or short? Oh man, socks? coach, coach! I had I, if I could have bought the the pony uh, tennis shoes, I would have bought those. Um, but I had the I, I had the 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 white socks. I had the the um, I think I had those bike shorts in every color because I wasn't exactly sure what color the teams were that I was going to be coaching. So I was I was set. And uh, my wife got home and saw those, and she was like, "Oh my." God, what are you, what are those? And I'm like, these are coaching shorts, baby. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is what you married into. This, this is coaching, this is coaching attire. Um, so, um, and that was just a ton of fun. I, we had a great time and, um, you know, I remember um, that, that first game that I coached in with this, um, you know, we had, you know, you sign a dad, you know, and he's got to, he's got to count all the plays. And um, you got to make sure that everybody gets the right number of plays. And if they don't, by the certain, I think it's the, you know, the fourth quarter, they have to play every play until they get their minimum plays because, you know, you're going to get guys who just aren't very good. And, and I, you know, I was just always, I looked at it and said, hey, you know, our job is not, you know, take a bunch of, of 10-year-olds and go try to say we won some kind of state title. We got to instill a love of football in these kids. Right. So at, at practice and everything I could, I was just trying to make sure these kids had fun, learned how to play the game and would would be safe. Um, and um, that first game, one of the kids that the head coach definitely just did not get along with um, or think highly of had only played like one or two plays. And um, I so I, I subbed him in and. Um, you know, kind of turned into an issue on the sideline or whatever, but, you know, we got, we got past it and, you know, we still, we won the game handily. And, um, I remember that, you know, that kid tracked me down, you know, about, golly, I guess it was about eight years later and tracked me down and told me that, um, you know, he had, uh, just about quit football. He decided he was going to quit, but he remembered the fact that I, I believed in him that day and put him in the game, and that he kept playing. He stuck with it his whole time and actually ended up getting a uh, partial scholarship to go play Division II football. Um, and, you know, it just kind of stuck in me what the, the absolute um, impact 
that us as coaches can have on these kids. And so um, I just decided that, you know, uh, that which was, you know, this conversation was probably 10 years ago that, you know, it's like, you know what, I'm going to do everything I can to make this happen. So um, I was working full time, coaching every chance I got. I was coaching at college camps. Um, I would coach anywhere I can get, you know, get the opportunity to. And I finally got my chance to um, uh, coach my son's team. And I thought, you know what, I'll do that. So I was working full time, two kids, two dogs, um, you know, married, everything that you can think of and decided I'm going to coach uh, my son's team. And, you know, gosh, we had three years. And I think in three years we lost, I think we lost two games. But more importantly, you know, none of those players ever quit. They came back every year. Um, we never had any injuries. We had a lot of fun. Um, I got the chance then to take a step up and coach junior high football at a, at a private school in Austin, Texas. And we had a lot of success there. And two years after that, I got the chance to coach high school football at a, at a Catholic high school there in Austin. And I took that step. Um, and uh, we were, you know, pretty – pretty successful there too. So, um, uh, I'm kind of at the, at a crossroads in my life where I'm thinking, boy, I need to decide, am I going to coach or am I going to be, you know, a businessman and, and just, you know, always kind of do this stipend thing that the private schools do, you know, which is not a bad way to do it. Um, and, uh, I remember my kids sat me down and said, you know, dad, we, we see how happy you are when you do this and we want you to do this. We think you need to, transition into doing this and um, so we put a plan together and how I was going to make that happen in a certain time frame but more so on the side guys of trying to become an athletic director you know and try to marry my business background uh, which is you know coming up on golly 20 28 some odd years um boy i hate saying that makes me sound really old <laughs> <laughs> um but i've got you know i've got 15 years of coaching experience you know peppered in there too so i'm um, the son of a coach and um you know uh, and a player and i know what makes good coaches i've been around you know i think a lesson you guys have, have have you know learned yourselves is you know sometimes it's not always the the great coaches you learn the most from it's the bad ones um on you know and how you don't want to do things and how you don't want to see kids treated and how you no wouldn't, you know wouldn't want to run a pro a, you know you wouldn't want to run a program so i've got a lot of those experiences in me and um i'm sitting there thinking like you know what i'm going to i'm going to take this plunge and i talked to my uh college roommate who's the head coach at a big high school here in uh, in texas big 6a school and and said, you know, man, how do I, how do I do this? And he's like, well, you got to go get your master's. So I tacked that onto it. So on top of working full-time, coaching dad, dogs, uh, all that, I decided, hey, it's a good idea. Let's go ahead and start, let's start my master's program. Jeez. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I do that. Um, in the meantime, my daughter had, had worked her butt off. I'm super proud of her. And she got a scholarship to the University of Houston um, for their uh, tier one program for academics and so uh, she became a cougar and she was driving back and forth to Austin and we were driving to see her and I thought well this is just this doesn't make any kind of sense so um, we moved to Houston and um, my son was uh, getting going into high school and didn't need me coaching him anymore that's for darn sure he had some really good coaches um, and so uh, I just took a year off uh, from coaching and um, I uh, just focused on my master's and kind of reconnected with some friends and started, you know, building my network. Um, and man, I tell you, that year away solidified the fact of how much I love football. It just, it ate me up not being able to have, you know, not having a huddle account to log into and watch film and, and do all that. Boy, I was like, yeah, this is, this is not working. So, um, uh, I reached out to a handful of private schools here in Houston and interviewed and uh, had three or four offers to come in and coach. And the guys over at St. Thomas, um, uh, and this was, this was July 30th, I think. <laughs> and practice started August 1st. Jeez. So, <laughs> so I interviewed at uh, four places, got offers from them. 
Uh, so then I had to decide which one to go to and uh, talk to the family. And, you know, we're, we're a Catholic family. So I said, well, we'll, we'll go to the Catholic school. Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't think at the time that this was the rival Catholic school necessarily to my son's school that he goes to. He's, you know, he goes to straight Jesuit, um, at the heck of a school, great program. Um, and you know, they compete in the UIL districts, um, here in Texas. And then the school that I coach at St. Thomas were in taps. And so I didn't really think that there was going to be that big of a, of a conflict until I had taken the job. Um, and looked at the schedule and realized that <laughs> we play each other the first week of the season. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so, so uh, they they hire me to be the uh, offensive line coach, and so you know I get up, I work all day, um, I go to practice um, at uh, four. Um, we, we practice, and you know, man, it is you know, uh, coach, you were here. It, it's hot. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, that's and, the nicest way you could put it. Ridiculously uh, hot. Dog, is it hot, man? And you know, I'm old. I'm kind of fat. Um, so this is this was this was hard. Um, uh, but I had some really great coaches. You know, a um, couple former Cougars actually were on that staff. Uh, Kerry Johnson goes by KJ. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. K, KJ was our receivers coach. Um, and Stanford Rout, um, who I think was—I think he was a little bit older than me. But KJ, yeah. I played KJ. I think he was a, either a junior or a senior when I was a freshman. Yeah. So we had we had KJ, we had Stan, and we had uh, Gerard Johnson. Um, Gerard was a former Heisman Trophy um, uh, contender. Uh, was playing and played at A and M. So he was our our quarterbacks coach. And here I come rolling in saying, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna help these boys try to protect you a little bit. <laughs> so um and you and you can imagine some of these some of these coaches meeting, right? So I, we've got a really talented offensive coordinator. I mean he is super, super bright. Um but you know, all these guys grow up um, you know, playing, you know, Madden and Xbox and all this and we're sitting in the uh in the planning meetings and stuff and they're talking about, well, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna Throw this and throw this and throw this and throw this and I'm like, well, hell, when, when we when we get to run power, <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> we not, do I need to go ahead and schedule that now, or can we can we just pepper that in once in a while? So uh, that was a constant battle trying to get the strong enough run presence uh, with these guys. But um, you know, we got we got going last year, um, and uh, you know, then these dang, I don't know if you guys deal with it up in Iowa and Oklahoma as much. Man, these lightning systems here in Houston—they um, are—they are no joke. Um, so just about every afternoon in the late summer, um, it—you're going to get a thunderstorm. It's—it's it's happening, um, and you get a thunderstorm at the, with our lightning system. You know, we're done. You know, third, we got to clear the field. Right. Uh, which I'm—you know—I'm all for—I'm all for the safety aspect of it. But man, you clear the field 30 minutes, um, and if you're lucky there's no more strikes, right? You can go back out. But typically with our luck, we'd get about 10, 15 minutes into it and there'd be another strike. And so the clock. <laughs> That's exactly right. 27 minutes in, you're going to get one more strike, <laughs> one rogue strike at nine and a half miles. That's exactly, exactly right. So, um, so yeah, so we're trying to struggle with this and, and get ready for the season. And in our first game last year um, was, uh, against and uh so we had to go to my son's school and he was their jv quarterback um last year he'll be their starter in varsity the next two years um but we go over there last year you know and as a private school we have a little different rules right so you know we, our freshman team is a freshman team and they just destroy us because they're <laughs> they're really good but our jv team you know, we can we can have as a private school in Texas, you know, we can in the taps, we can have some of the kids who are swing players, right? They can play, they can play JV and they can play varsity. Um, but we get going in this game and we've got a chance. Um, and, um, uh, you know, next thing you know, you got, you got uh, Stan down there on the field and he's rolling 
coverages and mixing things up and doing kind of all kinds of stuff. And I know my son afterwards, he's like, I don't know what y'all are running. I've never seen anything like that. And I'm like, son, I don't think many college quarterbacks have seen some of those coverages that Stan was throwing at you. <laughs> he did a heck of a job sticking with it. <laughs> uh, so we, we ended up winning that game, um, which was all, you know, we, Connor, my son, he, he's a great kid and he, he handled it really well. Um, the next night, we were in NRG with about 10,000 people um, for the varsity game, and uh, it did not go as well for us. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just say that. Um, and, um, uh, you know, you really get a pretty quick dose of how much better and bigger some of these UIL and these public schools are. And for a private school, um, you know, at St. Thomas, you know, we're, it's a great school, a bunch of great kids, but, you know, we might have six, 700 boys at the school. Um, and our program might have 70, 75 total in it, you know? Um, and you know, some of the schools that we have to play to fill out a schedule, they might have coach, they might have 75 to a hundred freshmen, uh, you know? And, and so it's a, it's a real testament to these boys um, who stick with it because, you know, when we get into district, we're playing pretty like-minded schools, right? They have the same struggles that we do. But in order to fill out a, a non-district schedule, like last year we had to play Strake Jesuit, um, who I think they ended up losing to the eventual state champs or the, the runner-ups um, in uh, the playoffs. Uh, we had to play Deion Sanders' team out of Dallas um with his boys and we can talk about that game in a little bit but i can i can just tell you the, the cliff notes it's not a good idea to kick to Dion's kids no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would assume it wasn't a good idea to kick to dad either no right <laughs> so and you know we gotta we gotta go play um you know 3a 4a schools you know people who will schedule us because it's, you know, it's, uh, it's tough um, because, you know, these public schools don't always want to play you uh, because, you know, it's really a no-win proposition for them. Um, if they beat you, well, they should because you're a little private school, right? And if you beat them, oh, boy, that's not good. How'd, coach, how did you lose to that private school? Shouldn't have lost to those guys, right? So, um, you know, but uh, our head coach has got a lot of really good relationships and our AD. And so, you know, they're able to get us a schedule. But, man, it was a it was a long bus ride back from Dallas, Texas last year after Dion, uh, you know, when they started rolling and his kid, I think, I don't know how many touchdowns he scored, but it was it was too many. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a long bus ride back. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we, we were real fortunate, you know, and um, I was with, uh, some football buddies this weekend and, you know, their coaches, one of the things that we, you know, talked about was, you know, the differences between private school football in Texas and the public schools. Um, and, you know, really the top 25 to 30 players, we can, we can get after you. We'll, we'll, we're, we're pretty good head to head about that point, but man, we we lose one guy right like i've got i can go into a game with seven linemen that's about what i can that's about what i can go out there with and if we get into a double triple overtime game and we've had a couple injuries you know i i might start i might start looking at a at a tight end and say hey you're now a tackle um because sure we just we just don't have the depth and that and that's really the difference you know um uh, we were able to to pull it together. We had a rough non-district schedule last year, um, and we struggled through it. Um, we got the kids pulled together um, and rolled through district and had a, a huge game against St. Pius here in Houston uh, for the district title. And that was a that was a really big game because they were a big ESPN school, and their quarterback had you know committed to Arizona. And he was he was pretty good, um, and they had you know a bunch of other talent too. We beat those guys at home to win district, and um, uh, you know our our leaders really really led. You know, our, our quarterback ended up going to uh, the U. He signed with them. We had a running back. Uh, I believe he is going to Howard, and one of our receivers going to Incarnate Word. And I think we had a couple other 
uh, you know, some JUCO players. So, you know, the, the point is, is, you know, it, there's still some pretty good football being played uh, just because we're a private school. doesn't mean that we won't get after your butts. You know, it's just the, it's just the depth. Um, so any, any of my, any of my peers out there, public schools in Texas listening, Hey, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to schedule us. We're, we're not going to come and steal your kids. Trust me. We're not trying to recruit them and get them to get them to drive four hours to come to school um, in Houston. <laughs> we're just looking for some good, for some good teams to play. <laughs> That's kind of the exact exactly opposite. Right. I mean, you look at, you look nationwide. I mean, outside of Texas, the private schools are the best schools in 49 of the other States. I mean, if you're, if you're a Catholic school, like here in Iowa, you know, Dowling Catholics won six state titles in a row, yep. you know, I mean, it's, it's very, very uncommon. I guess Oklahoma, Vegas, Vegas has uh, Bishop, um, Gorman. Bishop Gorman. Yeah. Cal- California, the same kind of deal. I mean, all the best squads out there, modern day, um, St. St. John Bosco. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got just, just stacked teams that are the, the private schools that, you know, nearly every other state has gone to, except for maybe some of the, you know, kind of football hotbeds like Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, uh, um, you know, the, um, there's, there's a lot of misconceptions about it, right? I mean, it's either they think that we have all the money and all the facilities, you know, and just, you know, loaded players, or they think that it's the exact opposite that we're just, you know, we have next to nothing. And it's, it's really, you know, kind of split down the middle. We have some really good players, but, you know, the, the great things, I'm probably about to piss off a lot of public school coaches here in Texas. Um, but the, I will say the best thing about the kids who are able to come and, and play at private schools in Texas is that they get the chance to play multiple sports. And I am so tired of hearing, you know, hearing these other schools talk about, well, you know, you, you get, you got to commit, you know, they're, they're, they're going to come out and say, well, no, 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 we don't, we don't force our kids to specialize. Well, that's, that's true. You just basically tell them that, Hey, the, you know, all of our starters really commit to us year round, you know? Um, and when it's all said and done guys, you know, these kids are, are playing sports and very few of them are going to go to that next level. And those that really do, they know that they got the chance and, and they'll, and they'll specialize without you telling them. Um, otherwise, let them play football and basketball. Let them play baseball or wrestle. But, you know, it's it's be- it's the best thing they can do, in my opinion. Especially if you can get a lineman who will go wrestle. We we <laughs> I can't say we. I'll just say we strongly encourage <laughs> our linemen to go get involved in, in wrestling because I just think it's the best thing for them to learn how to use their hands and leverage and and how to move their bodies, especially when they're when they're getting you know beat by somebody. You know. Um, so that's that's really the big advantage that we have is that hey if you're a, a good athlete and you want to play high school sports you know the private schools in Texas are a great avenue for you because you you get the chance to play just about any sport that you want to play because we need bodies you know um, and that's not always the case in the public school yeah I think wrestling is awesome for for linemen too I think another thing that it does I mean for some of them is is some of that weight management you know to, to not have, I mean, they're going to wrestle heavyweight, you know, most of them are in the upper, the upper classes. And I think it's, it's a good deal for them to, you know, to, to learn how to maybe, you know, eat correctly, work out correctly and, and not throw on all these, these extra, extra pounds, you know, to, to be a 330 pound guy, you know, what, making sure that it's good weight in addition to, like you said, all the other cool things that wrestling can teach kids, you know, with, you know, how, how to use your hands, how to you know, move your hips and your body and control people. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, it's all, yeah, it's obviously it's pretty huge in in uh, Iowa, and then it's it's you know probably not as big as Iowa, but very large in Oklahoma as well. And um, you know, I think our school does a probably better job than most of of um, communicating. You know, between the football and the wrestling coaches, you know, we're not having some of our great athletes cutting a bunch of weight to try to wrestle at a lower weight. Our wrestling coaches work with them, work with us, and and we do the same with them, and so. Um, you know, we've got some of our top athletes playing both. And this year we won state championship in both football and, and wrestling. And um, I think we had, what, like four or five uh, football players that were state champion wrestlers this year. And so it, it was great for us. It wasn't even, uh, I think, only one of our linemen. The other ones were linebackers or a safety receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just – but when they get to work with those wrestling coaches and, and those wrestling coaches uh, work well with us, uh, it's those kids love it. They work really hard and 
and um, and it, you know they are getting in great shape and then uh, they're kind of back with us uh, you know if, if my kids are going to go play anything I kind of I would rather than play basketball and wrestling uh, because they get to do that they get to work athleticism some different things uh, and then they get to uh, get back in the weight room a little before um, football so they can kind of prepare their bodies for for the grind that is you know running running your uh, body into another human's body yep coach I couldn't agree with you more you know and you know growing up that was always the plan right that you know again showing my age um, but you know you went from football to basketball to either you know baseball track or weights I and mean, that was basically you know how it was um, and you know now it's just you know, you know, we, you know, down here, we're seeing, you know, seven on seven spring leagues. And um, so not only do they, so they go, you know, deep as you can, the playoffs, but then they start, you know, seven on seven stuff with their, you know, private groups and clubs and stuff, you know, in February. And then you got all the, the camps, the, the, you know, the opening and Adidas and rivals and all those people coming through. And of course they're all going to go do that stuff. And, next thing you know it's time for spring ball and you know these kids are getting overuse injuries and you know they're burning out and they're not you know they're not they're not in they're not loving and enjoying the game because they're just they're never getting the chance to go and just have fun doing other stuff you know so um uh, that is that is a great thing about the private schools is you know uh, as soon as football's over these guys get a couple days and then they're into wrestling or basketball and you show up at the games and you know, the, their teammates are there cheering them on, and uh, the baseball program is really solid. We had a couple of kids play baseball at a high level. Um, and then track, you know, same thing. We had – I think we had three or four of our, of our players letter in three or four different sports this year. Um, and I love it. I just love seeing that. But, again, it's kind of a necessity because, you know, we got a, we got a bunch of kids that are probably better fit for bands than athletics, <laughs> but, uh, you know, well, we, we love them anyway. Uh, be nice to, you know, gain six, uh, you know, grow about six inches and gain hundred pounds and come out and play football with us. But, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. There's um, no doubt. You know, so, um, but yeah, so, so this year, um, you know, we, um, uh, you know, finished my master's and, um, I'm now the, um, offensive line in the running game, you know, coordinator um, at St. Thomas. Um, I'm also the JV head coach. I think I'm calling the plays for the freshman team. Um, I imagine by the time the season starts, I'll be doing laundry and cleaning toilets or whatever else, you know, which is the, it's all, it's all good. Any, anything to do. It's, it's, it's great. I love it. Um, and I, I can tell you this, the, uh, uh, you know, one thing my dad and I always agreed on, uh, was that, you know, run as few of plays as you can and be really good at them. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we're, we're pretty good at inside zone. We're pretty good at power. Uh, we're going to add duo to the mix uh, this year. Um, and, guys, I, I will tell you, if they can't stop power, I will run it 40 times. I will call it. I will. If you can't stop it, I'm going to make you hate us by the end of the game. Yeah, there's uh, no, no need to – fancy it up if it's if it's still working uh let's keep going until it doesn't work yeah yeah absolutely you know and and especially you know the you know the you know you got to walk that fine line between you know the freshman and the jv games you don't want to show your hand with what you're going to do well they know we're going to run power it's coming so um if they can't stop it on JV level, then I feel, you know, I think we might be a little, a little more excited about going into Friday. If they stuff us on JV, then, um, Hey, it gives us a little, you know, an extra day to prepare and make some adjustments before we go into the game on Friday night. Um, so, uh, yeah, so there's going to be a heavy dose of power <laughs> coming up, uh, mostly because I don't understand our passing game uh, because it's, you know, they, they say, they say it's 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 easy, but you know, man, these guys start talking, and and again, you know, you got you know KJ and Gerard, and and they're up there on the board and drawing these different routes, and it just looks like a bunch of, of guys running around in circles, and you know, I'm like, well, okay, y'all y'all do all that stuff, we'll figure out we'll figure out how to protect you for seven seconds as you're running those long routes. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, in the last year we were, we were real fortunate. We ended up with, golly, I don't know, it was like 5,600 yards of offense and we only had 10 sacks. Um, and, um, you know, we were, we were, we were able to move the ball pretty well. So I think we've got some teams looking for us this year on the offensive side. We're going to have to be a little more creative and, and we're definitely going to be, a, you know, better up front. You know, I understand what we're doing better. Um, I've had more time with the kids to get them to understand, you know, how important stance and start and steps and hands and everything. And, you know, I, I tell you, they, they're, they're pretty happy the days in summer conditioning when I don't show up because, you know, I don't just beat them over the head with, with stance and start. Um, but it's just so critical to us. You know, we just, you know, for us, it's all about angles and leverage um, with what we do and the kids that we have. You know, we don't have the big road graders on our offensive line. We've got good athletes and smart kids who want to play hard, and they'll, they'll get after it. But, you know, we are not going to line up against anybody and just run them straight over. So we've got to be, we've got to be quick, and we've got to know what we're doing, and we've got to get on top of people and get after it. Um, so we work, we work that stuff really hard every day. Well, coach, and then and then obviously, uh, you know, maybe you can talk about this a little bit as well. But kind of how we got um, connected uh, via Twitter was you were running a, a camp this summer. Uh, how long have you been or, or helping with a camp this summer? I, I'm not really sure. But uh, how did you kind of get involved and, and get started in that? And and do you get to bring some of your kids over to that as well? Because I'm assuming that would be a a huge uh, benefit to them. Yeah. So that was. You know, that was really something that started way back in the day at Iowa. Uh, you know, Mike Devlin's the the line coach at the, for the Houston Texans and just a great guy, um, heck of an athlete, heck of a player, uh, played in the league for, you know, seven, eight years. And, and Devlin and I were good friends in Iowa. And we stayed in touch over the years as, as easy as, you, as it could be. You know, this is, again, I'm showing my age here. This is before cell phones and and uh internets and all that kind of stuff so and before the google so we had uh, we stayed in touch the old-fashioned way with letters and telephone calls and uh, that's outside of my realm coach that was before that was before me <laughs> so, coach you, do, you can just go ahead and edit that right on out of the <laughs> <laughs> um but um when um uh, when i moved to houston a couple years ago i i uh, got in touch with devil and um, we got together and, and talked a little bit and um, I knew that he had been doing, you know, he worked for the Jets for a while and, uh, and he's just, he just loves giving back to the community. Um, and so he had been doing camps up there and, um, you know, we were talking and I said, you know, Mike, said, you need to, you need to do the same thing down here. I mean, you're, you're here, you're with the Texans, your home is here. Um, and there's not a, there's not a, a big, you know, presence of O-line camps here that are just about, hey, how do you, how do you get better? You know, it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a deal where you're going to show up and run 40s and jump and, you know, do all the, all that kind of stuff. You show up and you're going to work and you're going to learn how to, how to block and how to move your hands and how to pass set and, you know, and how to work double teams and, you know, and how to, how to come off and switch on stunts and, um, and so we just, you know, we talked about it and we, you know, it, it didn't work out last summer. And then um, before the game this year in NRG, you know, Devil was there and he came down and talked to me and the kids and stayed in touch over the course of the season. He called me after the season and said, hey, let's, you know, let's do this. And I said, hey, great. Um, but, you know, uh, being, being Mike, he's a little busy uh, with draft and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. It, it it became a it became a, a concept for a while and not not necessarily anything else. Um, and then finally, once they got through with the draft and everything, he's like, "Okay, hey, let's do this. Let's pick a date." And of course, the date we picked was like you know five weeks away. So in the span of the five weeks, we had to get a facility and get everything all squared away and get coaches and everything. And I tell you what, man, it was just such a fantastic experience with these young guys and I really appreciate what y'all did too because then you know retweeting the uh, invite and stuff out really helped us spread the word and get to these other coaches um, and there was this was a not-for-profit camp by any means all the proceeds went straight to Special Olympics um, we had 120 kids you know show up at this thing um, wow, my, that's a that's a great turnout I mean in, 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 in five weeks that's an unbelievable turnout 
it, it was great, you know, and, and Devil did a great job. He got the Texans, um, you know, I think we had 15 or 16 O-linemen because they had just finished OTAs. And um, so those guys came out. Um, we had, you know, some, you know, the, you know, NCAA wouldn't let some of the, you know, they would not that they wouldn't let them, but by rules, the D1 coaches couldn't come out, but some of the smaller schools could have coaches there. So, uh, you know, we started working his connections and my connections from, you know, guys that played for my dad and guys that I'd known and played with and, and spent time with. And so we got, uh, we had, you know, a bunch of coaches show up too to help out. Um, one of your, one of the guys that's been on the show, Nasty, uh, Nasty Leonard was, was, he came out and helped us and ran a, ran a group. And, you know, what was really, um, what was really great the way Devil does it is he teaches the skill um, and he'll use the Texans to teach, he'll use the, his players to teach the skill. So you see the way, hey, this is what it's supposed to look like. And then, um, you know, we would have, I think we had 10 different stations and uh, the players never leave their station. The coaches rotate, so they get a chance to to see all the different players and, you know, the players are getting different viewpoints and, you know, getting different little, you know, tips and technique. Um, but then, you know, they would work it 10, 15 minutes. You go back and the top guys from each station would come out and demonstrate. And then we go on to the next, to the next set. Um, and I tell you, it was, it was great. Just the skills and the, the amount of kids and the environment um, you know, Coach O'Brien, you know, even came out and gave a little speech at the beginning. And um, the Texans, I mean, these these guys could have coached that, you know, they could have shown up and, and just half-assed this, you know. But the organization was, there's just so top-notch. You know, they came out in full force and um, had stuff for the kids. Um, and, you know, we had, you know, shirts and food and all that kind of stuff. And and then even better, you know, Mike and I talked a couple of weeks into it and said, hey, we're doing this for the Special Olympics. How about we get them involved? Um, and so we were able to get about 40 to 50 Special Olympians uh, to come out. And uh, when they showed up, uh, I'd say three or four of the other Texans coaches, TJ Yates and a couple of those guys went out, went over there and, you know, they threw passes and ran routes with all the Special Olympic athletes. Um, and man, it was a, it was a special, special day. It, and, and it was, it was just great, you know, and there's a lot of good football talked about and, and, and drawn up at lunch and there might've been some adult beverages consumed and a lot of food, um, you know, eaten and it, it was, it was fantastic, you know, and at the end of the day, we were able to donate, um, I think it was $6,000 to the Special Olympics of Houston and, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of good, a lot of good football taught. And I, I think it's going to be something that's going to be, you know, I, I would hope that we can get, you know, 200, maybe 300 kids come out this next year. Um, and just, you know, cause it was really, I mean, it was just great football, right? I mean, it was, these are some drills that have been around for a long time, but maybe kind of forgotten cause they're not, you know, uh, fancy or flashy, but it was just, um, really good, solid football on double teams and, um, you know, the hand placement and replacement and all the little stuff that you just like, golly, man, I forgot about that. That's such a great drill, you know? So, um, and devil does a great job of teaching it. And it was, it was fantastic, man. I mean, we'd love to have you guys come down. Um, you know, uh, I know you broke an arrow boys, uh, uh, probably beat up on this, but you know, if you guys need a, you got a, a schedule opening too, you know, you never know. We, we might need somebody to, <laughs> <laughs> to fill in our schedule, uh, but uh, no, we would love to have y'all be a part of it because it's it, it, it's just it, it's about the whole bigger picture of what we do. You know, it's not about I don't I don't think I'm alone in saying this, but you know, we do this for the kids, to not the cash. You know, and right, um, and this is that's what that day was. And if you couldn't be out there and realize that you're making an impact, and the kids who are there trying to learn how to play football and become the kind of men that we need more and more in this society, um, you know, and then at the same time, you know, giving back to people that needed it and to see the, the looks on their faces and, you know, the Texans organization, you know, brought all those special Olympic athletes footballs and they got them all signed by everybody that was there. And, 
you know, that's something that's going to stick with those, with those kids and their families for a lot longer than, you know, we remember wins and losses and things like that. So, you know, I, I would just tell anybody that's, that's out there, you know, think about how you can give back, you know, think about what you can do in your community and with your teams. Um, and, you know, you know, love on your kids and, and don't just love on your kids, but, you know, don't forget guys, um, we're here on this earth to, to be family men. Um, and it's real easy to get caught up during the season. Um, shut it down, go home, play with your kids, hug them, take your wife to dinner, tell her she's beautiful and how much you appreciate her. Um, because before you know it, you're going to look up one day and they're not, they're not going to be there. So, um, you know, keep doing what you're doing by all means, but, uh, don't forget about the, about the people that help us get to where we're at. And that's, that's exactly right, coach. And, and, um, you know, we, we were looking forward to, we're trying to get out there this year, but, uh, a little bit too, uh, not enough time in our schedule, uh, just as far as how quick you timed it out. Uh, but <laughs> we something yeah, we gave you three weeks notice. Coach. That's right. That's right. Uh, but something that we look, we, I'm trying to get done, uh, next year. Uh, if hopefully you guys, like you said, hopefully you have it again next year and we can kind of book it a little bit earlier because, um, my wife's been wanting to get down, uh, to Houston, obviously, cause we lived there, uh, you know, five, five years when I was playing in Houston and she moved down there with me from Oklahoma. So we've been wanting to get back down and, and bring the kids, show them where, where my son was born. And, and, uh, you know, so we're, we've been wanting to do that already. Uh, and then go down to Surfside beach, which was kind of our hangout and call. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've been wanting to go do that. And then, uh, also obviously would love to be able to coach some football while I do it. So, uh, I'm trying to, you know, kill two birds with one stone at the same time. So definitely something I'm going to try to do. And then, uh, I'm sure walls will, will try to yeah. make a way to have it happen because, um, you know, like I said, me and my wife, my family have been trying to get back down to Houston. So, um, you know, and, and then, you know, my sophomore year, me and my wife stayed in a, uh, a rougher part of, of Houston. Now we're living in suburbs of Broken Arrow. It, it'd be good to kind of show my kids how far we've come from, uh, from you know, paying uh, Wick to get milk and, hey. and living, living down by Hobby Airport. Uh, now living in a nice house, not super nice, but living in a house with air conditioner that works um, and, <laughs> and two cars. So uh, it'd be, I think, good for them as well. Coach, I, I tell you what, um, I, you know, just sitting here thinking about it, there's no reason that we couldn't make this, um, you know, because the, the football portion of it was really in the morning. Um, and, of course, you know, by about – it was uh, June 1st, so by about noon, I think it was probably a good 105, um, you know, down on the turf. <laughs> oh, at um, least. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and, and Devil, Devil, I love him, but if he's listening, Coach – you're not a small man. So, um, when, uh, uh, when he started sweating it, it, the timer, the timer was on us. <laughs> we were, we were gonna, you know, we got out of there pretty quick. So, uh, but there's no reason, especially where we had it, you know, uh, you know, it's, uh, got a pretty good in there at St. Thomas. Um, we can, you know, there's meeting rooms and there's places where, you know, we could, we could turn it into, we've got football, um, and then we're going to take a break and get some food. And then, you know, we're going to do some chalk talk. We're going to have some, uh, we're going to get up and show these kids some, some clips of what power looks like and, you know, counter and some different things and show them duo and show them, you know, how double teams look and, you know, rock back steps on inside zone and stuff that, you know, that's, that, you know, they hear us talking about, but they don't always get to see really great examples of live time. You know, we might, you know, some planning, we can pull all this together and you know, we can make it a, a pretty good deal for coaches and players alike, I think. I, I'd be all in on that. I know once I tweeted it out a couple of times and, you know, being in Iowa and having the Iowa connection, I had tons of people reach out to me like, oh, man, you know, devil or how do you know devil? I'm like, hey, I'm just trying to help out the camp. But, you know, a bunch of coaches and, and even guys that I know here in, in Ankeny, you know, parents and, and guys who, who did went to school with them or, or knew about him or, you know, yeah. was one of their favorite players, whatever it might be. All these guys are reaching out to me and literally like you said, it's about the, the people that you meet. Every single person that reached out to me is like, what an awesome guy. This, yeah. guy's, this guy's legit. Whatever he's doing down in Houston, that's awesome. I'm glad you guys are promoting it. So that'd be something, man. I'd, I'd be all over it. I'd, I'd love to get down to Houston again. 
there's <clears throat> there's absolutely no reason that we can't make it happen. So we'll when um, I get a chance to sit down with Mike and uh, we got some you know a few details we got to take care of from this last this last camp, but we get the chance to do that. I'll tell him, hey, let's start looking at some dates and put some stuff in motion um, on how we can, you know, make this a little bit bigger and better um, ahead of time. And we'll get you boys involved and get y'all down here and um, have some fun and go get some good barbecue. Because I, I tell you what, I'm, you know, I have my time in Iowa. I've been in Oklahoma. We talked about that, but uh, there's nothing like Texas barbecue. So we get you boys down here and we'll. Uh, We'll have we'll have some fun and talk some football and coach it up and uh, eat some barbecue at the same time and the you know the, again I think it's great show your kids the roots and it'll be it'll be a really great time for everybody. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it and and uh, uh, it's something that we definitely want to do and so we're gonna make it make it happen. Uh, get down there and like you said, uh, so many just it's a hotbed for for football players. I mean, there's mm-hmm. thousands of thousands thousands of football players that would benefit you know like you said really learning about offensive line and and the cool part is when you show them film and you can show it okay here's high school here's college here's all the way up to NFL here's NFL guys doing exactly what we're asking you guys to do it's a um, I think it really clicks for those kids and it it really helps them and then um, my definite food stop I'd have to stop at Lupe Tortilla that was where that was my big uh, go-to down in Paraland uh, oh, so coach! I'd have to go Lupe Tortilla uh, right <laughs> off the bat. Hey, coach, we'll go on. We'll go on Taco Tour down here. I got about four or five other places that I, I'm nothing against Lupe Tortilla. They are great. I've had <laughs> many, many. You know, you've seen me. I, 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 I can eat. Um, so, uh, um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go on a Taco Tour down here. We, we can. You know, this, 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 this. Yeah, well, we we have a good time. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. As big as it's really impressive, and and Walls in his younger days was uh, a part of building up some different camps uh, when he was in Colorado, and and I'm sure a bunch of different places. But to be able to pull off what you guys did in five weeks, um, I'm I'm really excited to see what all you guys can do with uh, you know months of of preparation and oh, man. getting it out Thank to coaches and kids. Yeah, thank you for that. You know, and, I, and there was always because it was new. You know, there was some, I think there was some hesitancy from people to be like, wait, wait you know, am I going to send my, my guys over and you're going to poach them? And I'm like, no, don't want your players, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you want your players to come over here and learn about football, right? So, um, you know, and I sent you the clip of that one kid. Um, he's he's legit. Um, he's already got, you know, a handful of offers and more and more coming in all the time. Um, but, you know, he came and and had a great camp and, uh, you know, told me, he's like, coach, you know, I've, I've gone to a ton of camps around and, uh, but this is one I actually learned stuff from, you know, I wasn't there to, to show <laughs> off. I was there to learn. It was great. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, again, there's, there's all these camps for speed guys and everybody forgets about the big old boys up front, you know, that are there, you know, making sure there's enough time for those, for those dig routes to develop. Uh, um, you know, otherwise they're, <laughs> They're never gonna. There's not gonna be any highlights for them to have. Um, so this this was really a great camp, and um, yeah, I think with some more time and some you know guys being aware and understanding that hey, this is this is coached by an NFL you know offensive line coach who played at you know a, you know great had a great program at Iowa uh, has been successful everywhere he's coached. You know, it's being reinforced by by other college coaches, you know, there were, there were no high school coaches coaching, right? It was all college guys and Texans. So the, the whole point to it was, Hey, this is not about um, this high school or this high school. This is about, this is an opportunity for your boys to come out here and learn from the best, you know, and, to, and to, and to have all summer then to go back and work on what they learn and get ready to go out and dominate the competition. That's exactly right, Coach. Well, we're kind of coming up on an hour now. Um, and, and so the last thing I always like to ask guys is when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things their offensive line would be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Yeah, so, you know, for, for me, it's I got two things, really. It's, uh, and I love this question because the, and the answers are always 100% right. Everybody's right in them, um, but, and they're always different, and I, and I love it. But you know, for me, it's consistency. 
Um, if you're going to run the same play five times, I want to see the same footwork and the same hands and everything five times. If I can see that, then I know, man, that is a, that is a coach that is disciplined and is on top of his game. Um, that those guys are being consistent and how they, and how they attack a play every time. Um, and then, you know, uh, a thing for me too is hand placement. If I can see, if I'm seeing hands replace, you know, and, um, you know, when they're, when they're fighting, if they're able to get their hands replaced and where they want them to be, you know, that's not something that comes really natural either. That's, that's work. Um, and that's good coaching to help somebody do that. So those are two things that I would. Coach, man, appreciate the time that you've, uh, you put in with us. Uh, appreciate you kind of sharing your, your whole story. I know, you know, it's not easy sometimes to, to talk about some of the things, you know, you're able to talk about and also, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, going into business and coming back to coaching and, and starting out kind of, you know, at that, at that youth level and going up. I think your story will, will resonate with a, a lot of coaches and I think they'll be able to get a lot from it. So I appreciate, you know, you, you doing that and, and sharing all those things with us and also, you know, continually giving back to the, to the game of football, which is, you know, pretty much the, the premise of why we started this podcast. So once again, coach, appreciate it and, and best of luck to you. And hopefully we get to meet soon. Oh, yeah, you can count on it, guys. I'll, uh, if I get up in your neck of the woods, I'll let you know. I'll come by. We can talk some football. And same thing, if you all find yourself down in Houston, you know, come on out. We'll take care of you. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to, again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.